Well, good morning and uh, welcome to K1. We are so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Pastor Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you for sharing in life together uh, with us. Well, I want to say a special thank you to all the mothers who have joined us on your special day. I have three mothers uh, myself this morning. Uh, My wife, uh, Simone, who is the proud mother of Lucas and Sophia. My mother-in-law, Rute. uh, uh, Hi, Rute. (laughs) Uh, Is the proud mother of uh, Simone and Aline. And my mom, who is the proud mother of me. So, uh, yes. Uh, uh, So, thank you all uh, for sharing your special day. And uh, thank you, especially thank you, Mom, for all that you meant to my family, and especially to me. I love you so much. I love you so much. And uh, thanks to Pastor Doolittle uh, and his wife, uh, Rita, uh, to, uh, for joining us today. If I have been given a little more time, I would have you preach. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I thank you from the uh, bottom of my heart for the seeds that you have planted during your time here. I only met you today, but I sense a kindred spirit with my spirit. The church loves you so much. And anybody that the church loves, I love too. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. As you are turning there, I'd like to welcome you back to the third week of our sermon series called Jesus Can't. If you can, say it with me, Jesus Can't. Now, uh, for those of you who are uh, new or busy with us this morning, you are probably thinking, what kind of church did I get myself into? (laughs) Uh, Jesus can do anything. Has he lost his mind. No, I haven't lost my mind completely yet. There is a big hole inside my brain, uh, but I haven't lost it completely yet. Uh, What we are doing in this sermon series is looking through the eyes of a doubter, looking through the eyes of a skeptic. And I know for some of you, it's, uh, this is hard. This is hard, but not for others you. Others you It's not hard at all. You question about the Bible. Is it true or not? About Jesus. Is Jesus who he says he is or not? You question if there is any God at all. Or if there is, you doubt that he can know me, love me personally. Maybe you have a hard time believing that Jesus can right now. The stories, the parables, especially the healings and the miracles. You could believe that Jesus could have 2,000 years ago. 
but you have a hard time believing it right now. You say, I believe that Jesus could 2,000 years ago, but now Jesus can't, or Jesus won't, or even if he can and will, he certainly wouldn't use me. But our key verse for the series, Mark 10, 27, says otherwise. Mark 10, 27 says this, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Uh, uh, Say it with me. All things are possible with God. Week one of our series, Easter weekend, we saw that Jesus can bring life out of death. Week two, we saw that Jesus can bring trust out of fear. And this week, week three, we are going to see whether or not Jesus can bring faith out of doubt. Faith out of doubt. Say it with me. Faith out of doubt. Mark 10, beginning in verse 46. Are you all there? Mark 10, 46 says this. Then they went to Jericho. Stop right there for a minute. That Jesus was coming out of Jericho and headed towards Jerusalem was no small fact at all. Joshua, in the Old Testament, we read that when the Hebrew people first entered the promised land, what city did Joshua uh, attack and conquer first? Jericho. Jericho. Uh, And now Jesus is here. Jesus, whose name means Joshua or Yeshua in Hebrew. Jesus is here to usher in the new exodus, the new and everlasting promised land. But there's just one problem. (laughs) Jesus encounters a blind man in Jericho named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, continuing on, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leading the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. What's going on here? You see, in those days, everything had a meaning. Everything had a meaning. So Mark tries to add some context uh, with, he says, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. But unless you are a Greek scholar, you need some more interpretation. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, actually means the son of impurity. The son of impurity. And so Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity, tells you everything you need to know about what the Jewish people thought about him, and not him only, but the family he was from. Somewhere along the way, something happened, something bad. If I had to guess, somewhere along the way, someone who had fallen into impurity, likely of a sexual nature, his father or his grandfather or his great-grandfather, or maybe even further, 
had fallen into a trap, and now the whole family is marked by that name, impurity, impurity. What's more, the Jewish people had such a conception, a biblical conception, in fact, that somewhere, somehow, and in some way, you can be sure that your sins will find you out. You can be sure that their sins will find you out. And the blind man, so it was thought, was the recipient of all those sins of the generations before him. And for Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity, this was anything but the promised land. Continuing on. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, uh, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. It reminds me of the time when Simone and Lucas and I were at the uh, doctor's office uh, what would uh, uh, Mother's Day be like if not for a Lucas story? So, <laughs> uh, uh, so me and Simone and Lucas went to the doctors, and Lucas was not having a good day, uh, not at all, uh, not having a good day. So I said to Lucas, you will be nice to every person who walks through that door, but if you are not nice, don't say anything at all. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Lucas halfway agrees to those terms, so we went in. In the doctor's office, Lucas kept his word, uh, sort of. <laughs> when the doctor uh, uh, nurse walked in, he, she immediately tried to engage Lucas in conversation. Hey, what's your name? Hey, how old are you? Hey, can you give me a high five? But Lucas was not having anything to do with it. Nothing, uh, nothing to do with that. Uh, uh, and so I said, Lucas, talk to the nice lady. No. <laughs> Say hi to her. No. Uh, give her a high five. No. Well, that wasn't, not, uh, uh, that wasn't working well for me. So Lucas and I stepped into the hallway to have a uh, come to Jesus moment. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, why are you being so mean? Dad, Lucas said, you told me that if I can't say anything nice at all. Don't say anything, didn't you? Ah, I, I didn't say that now. Uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, don't you hate it when your kids actually listen? And so, <laughs> and so I said, just, uh, please, be nice to the more nurse, uh, uh, Lucas. He, um, she is just doing his job. Okay, uh, Dad, are you going to be nice? I try, Dad. So we went back in, and by that time, the nurse, uh, uh, the doctor, has come in, and uh, uh, she's talked with Lucas, and he said hi and gave her a high five. And after the doctor has left. Uh, uh, we were heading out to the checkout, and I said, Lucas, you are so nice. 
dude, you like that nice doctor? Sort of, <laughs> Lucas responded. And uh, um, uh, uh, so uh, just then, we were walking past the room where their uh, first nurse was. She waved goodbye and said, bye, Lucas, see you next time. And Lucas, before I can stop him, before I can tell him to be quiet, he points to their nurse and says to me, but I didn't like that one. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Oh, Lucas, uh, shut up. <laughs> oh, be quiet. Be quiet. There are all sorts of reasons why the uh, people would tell this bland, uh, blind man to be quiet. Many of the people wanted to get to Jerusalem as quick as possible to crown Jesus as king. Many of them did not want Jesus to have a deal with another sick person, another blind person. Probably all of them did not want Jesus to have to deal with this blind man, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity. He's got what's coming to him, they thought. But what about him? What about him. He called out to Jesus, and Jesus effectively ignored him. Jesus effectively ignored him. What was he thinking to himself at that moment? Maybe he thought, uh, maybe he didn't hear me. Uh, maybe with all the people pressing in against him, he couldn't understand me. But I know who he is. He's Jesus. He's the son of God. He understands all things. He sees all things. He knows all things. So why did he ignore me? Why did he reject me? And doubt starts creeping in. Maybe, uh, just maybe, what they say about me is true. Maybe, uh, just maybe, what they say about me is right. Maybe I have been rightfully named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity, steep in sin at birth. My father, a sinner, my grandfather, a sinner. Maybe that's why he is ignoring me. Maybe that's why he is rejecting me, because I am only getting what I deserve. Be sure your sins will find you out. And I don't know about you, but I can't relate. I have shared with you over the last couple of weeks about my journey in miraculous healing of brain cancer. But it, all, uh, it wasn't always that way. If I am being honest with you right now, there were a lot of doubts a lot of doubts. Doubts at the beginning of my cancer journey, most definitely. But doubts, um, doubts over the last couple of months. Doubts over the last couple weeks. Doubts over the last couple days. Even today. Even today. Doubts about whether or not Jesus could heal me. 
Doubts about whether or not Jesus would heal me. Doubts about whether or not I even deserve to have his healing touch on my life anyway. With all that I have done, with all that I have been, with my sin, with my impurity. You see, it's the enemy that causes us to doubt. It's the enemy that causes us to fear. It's the enemy that causes us anxiety. He's in my ear right now. Dad don't want to hear that. Dad don't want to hear that. They are listening to that. Sure, they're being kind. Sure, they're being polite to your face. But the, uh, behind your backs, they say, poor Andrew. Poor Andrew. He's just a shell of the self. He's just a shell of the self. So much potential. So much promise. Gone. Just like that. Just quit, Andrew. Just quit. It's no use. You will never amount to anything. Just get up. Give up. Just quit. Just give. Yeah. And perhaps you are, um, perhaps you have been there as well. Maybe there is something in your past that you can't get over. Maybe there is something in your childhood that you can't seem to get through. Maybe it's affecting your marriage affecting your family. The enemy is telling you it's no use. It's over. It's through. Just give up. Maybe you have been abused physically, emotionally, verbally, even sexually by your spouse, by your parents, by a stranger. And now no matter how hard you try to forget, it's still there. Haunting you day and night, night and day. Maybe you're a parent and your kids have gone astray. And you think, if I could just do this again, if I could just do that again, I wouldn't have said that or I would have said this. Um, then, then they might not be so lost. But Jesus can make up for my shortcomings. Jesus can't make up for my failures. Jesus can't. And if that's you this morning, you struggle with your doubt. You struggle with your fear. You struggle with your anxiety. Listen to the end of this story. Mark 10, 48 says this. Many rebuked them and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And I could be wrong, but when I hear this uh, statement, he, that he shouted all the more. It's not just one time. It's not just two times. It's not just three or four or five times. Uh, uh, all the more meets multitude of times, dozens of times, maybe even a hundred times. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, he was desperate to be healed. He was desperate for a miracle. He was desperate to become physically whole. And when you are so desperate, so desperate, that it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people do. Uh, the only thing that matters is that Jesus is coming your way. And you are so desperate for a miracle, so desperate for a healing, so desperate for a, a touch upon your life that you cry out in everything inside of you, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Faced with this desperate plea, there is only one thing that Jesus can do. Only one thing. Mark 10, 49 says this. Jesus, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Have you ever stopped Jesus in your desperation? Have you ever stopped Jesus in your desperate plea? Jesus said, call him. And then uh, verse 51, 51, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to see. Have you ever stopped Jesus in his tracks? Has you ever stopped Jesus with your desperate plea? When you cry out to name Jesus, 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 have mercy on me. He wants to know at once. How can I help you, my son? How can I help you, my daughter? How, what uh, what uh, do you want me to do for you? You see, which of you, those of you that are parents, does not feel uh, pain when your child is in pain? Hurts when your daughter is hurt. Is wounded when your son is wounded. That's how it is is with him, except so much greater, so much greater. You see, we are his children. We are his joy. We are his prize. We are his sons. We are his daughters. That's why he says to us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? And I don't know where you are struggling. Maybe for you, it's you need a physical healing. Maybe it's cancer, seizures, stroke, MS, stomach issues, heart issues, or some other problems. Maybe for you, it's an emotional or mental thing. Depression, anxiety, fear, 
doubt, worry, mental illness, suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's a spiritual thing where once you felt so in love with God, now you feel a million miles away from him. And you kind of like Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity, sitting by the roadside, begging day after day after day after day with no hope in sight. But then Jesus comes along. Jesus comes along. He shows up unexpectedly in your life. And you realize who he is. You realize who it is. There is no mistaking that voice. And you give up on all your dignity, all your poise, all your pride. And you start yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then, to your astonishment, you'd see Jesus the very Son of God, stop, turn around, and say, what do you want me to do for you? What healing do you want? What miracle do you want? And the blind man responded so simply, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Go, says Jesus, your faith has healed you. Go, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Go, your faith, your faith, your faith has healed you. Stand to your feet, if you would. Pastor Don, would you play? You see, I just think Jesus is looking for some desperate people today. I just think Jesus is looking for some desperate please today. I think Jesus is looking for some people that are so broken, so hungry, so thirsty, so poor, so needy, so desperately reckless, crying out, Jesus, 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 have mercy on me, that he cannot help but to respond. He cannot help but to react. He cannot help but you answer. It's in his character. It's in his nature. It's in his spirit. He's a good, good father who loved to give good, good gifts to his children. And when we cry out his name, the only answer is this. What do you want me to do for you? You see, Jesus is not in debt to me. Jesus is not in debt to you. Jesus is not taking orders from any man or any woman. He is the God of the universe. But 
the God of the universe is also a personal God who loves you, who cares for you, who enjoys every moment with you. And when he hears that desperate plea coming from his desperate child, he cannot help but answer, Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? And so here's the altar call this morning. For those of you that would say right now, I need healing. Whether that be physical or emotional or spiritual, you say, I need healing. I need a miracle. I need the power of God in my life. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. If that's you this morning, I want you to come and join me at the altar right now. Right now. Don't delay. Don't delay. Right now. If you need the power of God in your life, whether that be physical healing or emotional healing or a spiritual miracle, if that's you, join me at the altar right now. Bartimaeus got more than his sight back. He got more than a physical healing. Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus, the son of impurity, he got a savior. He got a deliverer. He got a friend. You see, it doesn't matter what you have said. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have said or how far you have run. He loves you. He forgives you. He gave his life for you so that you can be made new. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And I don't know your needs, but I do know the one who does. He is a good, good father who loves to give good, good gifts to his children. And when we cry out, Jesus, 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 he cannot help but to respond. He cannot help but to answer. It's in his character. It's in his nature. He is a good, good father. Come and see what a good, good father.